You're listening to the Keep Going Podcast, where we keep going after the heart of God because He's our only hope. I'm Nika Maples. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 16 of the Keep Going Podcast. If you have been a regular listener of this podcast in the past, welcome back and thank you for your patience. You might want to refresh that podcast feed because I've probably been kicked off due to inactivity. And if you're new to this podcast, I'm glad you're here. We're in a series called A Walk Through the Proverbs. We're on chapter 16, and so there are 15 other podcasts from a couple months ago that you can go back and catch up on if you want to, but really each one stands alone. So if you just want to move forward, then let's do it. So just a note, I use the New Living Translation as my primary text because it's readable, and I don't approach these podcasts as a scholar but as a lover of the word who wants to share simple spiritual observations from my own daily Bible reading. Let's review that last episode in two points. Number one, Proverbs 15 tells us, For the despondent every day brings trouble, but for the person with a happy heart, life is a continual feast. I'm going to read that again because it's just so good. For the despondent, Every day brings trouble. Before the person with a happy heart, life is a continual feast. And number two, we discussed the ways a godly person chooses to be content. We don't have to have problems when the God we serve is able to handle everything we could possibly face. This morning, I was talking with a friend and found myself second-guessing every decision I have made, everything that brought me to this stage in my life. I kept thinking, shouldn't things be different by now? Obviously, I made a mistake somewhere. This relationship or that professional connection or, or this job or that experience, somewhere along the way, some decision has thrown things off. Do you tend to second-guess yourself the way I do? I have such a vivid imagination that I can picture myself living an entirely different life than the one I'm really in. And in that life, that fantasy life, I'm much thinner. I've written more books that are on more people's shelves. I live in a charming little cottage where I serve delicious homemade dinners to my wonderful husband and delightful children every night. My hair doesn't fall out by the handfuls. I have no gray hair and no wrinkles on my forehead. To be living the life that I do, however, I must have gotten something wrong. Maybe it was the wrong bachelor's degree. I Maybe I said something wrong. I must be living in the wrong city. Maybe I'm using the wrong hair products. Sigh. It never ends. But Proverbs 16 refutes that line of thinking completely. So let's read it together. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. 
The Lord has made everything for his own purposes, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests the proud. They will surely be punished. Unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. By fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. The king speaks with divine wisdom. He must never judge unfairly. The Lord demands accurate scales and balances. He sets the standards for fairness. A king detests wrongdoing, for his rule is built on justice. The king is pleased with words from righteous lips. He loves those who speak honestly. The anger of the king is a deadly threat. The wise will try to appease it. When the king smiles, there is life. His favor refreshes like a spring rain. How much better to get wisdom than gold and good judgment than silver. The path of the virtuous leads away from evil. Whoever follows that path is safe. Pause. I'm about to introduce you to a DIY word, meaning I did it myself. It's not in the dictionary, and there may be a perfectly suitable real word that means the same thing, but somehow I never think of the real word when I want to use this word, so I just keep using this word. The word is over-responsibility. It's taking too much responsibility. Now, some people don't take responsibility when they should. Others take over-responsibility when they shouldn't. That would be me. I don't have to be responsible for everything. It's not all depending on me. One sweet friend of mine heard the regret and over-responsibility in my voice as I was talking about making a past decision. I said, I just wanted to do the right thing. I had just wanted to obey and follow God to the T. I didn't want to forfeit anything he had for me. And I'm so afraid of missing something. She stopped and looked at me with a frank expression, putting her hand on my shoulder as she said, Girl, it ain't that fragile. People can say a lot of words, and that's usually what I do, but at times it's more effective to say a few. And in that case, her few words had more impact than an entire speech could have. It ain't that fragile. Here I am fearing that I will miss out on God's call and purpose of my life because I went in the wrong direction, however well-meaning I was. I wouldn't consider myself a perfectionist, not at all. But I'm always thinking that I have a responsibility, over-responsibility, and if somehow I take a misstep, I will miss out. As if the God of the universe cannot get around any accidental obstacles I put in his way. In the Old Testament, a man named Balaam went the wrong way, and somehow he thought he was doing the right thing, and God stopped him. He put an angel in his path to redirect him. What about in the New Testament? The Apostle Paul went the wrong way, even though he thought he was doing the right thing. And God put Jesus in his path. 
to redirect him. Paul thought that he was being zealous for God by killing Christians, doing the honorable thing. Oh boy, had he taken a misstep. But even so, he wasn't going to miss out on what God had for him because God made the reality of his purpose as clear as a dazzling light in the middle of the night. Let's pause here for a short break and I'll be right back with the rest of Proverbs 16. Have you purchased your copy of my new book, Everyday Genesis, Inviting God to Recreate You? If you haven't, I really think it will be a blessing to you. It outlines a new perspective of looking at the spiritual gifts and how to look at spiritual fruit in your lives. God enables us to live like Christ. And that means that he brings us from glory to glory and strength to strength, transforming us, recreating us again and again throughout our lives. I'm going to read a little excerpt from it today for you because I think it goes pretty well with what we're discussing in this podcast from Proverbs 16. And I hope you go and purchase the book, your own copy, or even check it out from the library so that you can read the rest of the context of this passage. One day, God will uncover our powerful relationship as His children. We are His heirs, for now that is veiled to the world. For now we make mistakes and missteps because sometimes we don't see who we really are either. So what do we do right now? How do we live from a holy lineage that we cannot sense on some days? Well, God didn't expect humans to be able to figure out how to live as his children. That's why he sent his own son, our older brother, as an example. Jesus is the one we pattern our lives after. For Dallas Willard, this means, As a disciple, I'm learning from Jesus to live my life as he would live it if he were I. Though we cannot live flawlessly as Jesus would have lived our lives, we can make an attempt. When I taught English, sometimes students would complain if they didn't feel that they could successfully accomplish the skill I had asked them to practice. I can't do it, they'd whine. Make an attempt, I'd answer with a smile. But I don't know what I'm doing. Make an attempt, I'd answer. But I can't think of anything to write about. Make an attempt, I'd say again. I'd repeat this over and over, always cheerfully. I used it as another one of those push-button phrases that help me communicate to students what is most important to me. Teachers know that most of the time these complaints from students are just their excuses. When someone is making excuses, there isn't a solution that will satisfy them. What is effective is getting directly to the point and then repeating the point. So I didn't make up that strategy on my own, friends. I got it from Jesus' instructional methods. The word says, the Lord of heaven's armies is a wonderful teacher. We do well when we imitate him, or at least make an attempt. Back to Proverbs 16. We can do what we think is best, but in the end, God decides. We just read two different ways that he helps us in Proverbs 16. One came from verse 1. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. 
and the other came from verse 9. We can make our own plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Well, you're about to hear it a couple more times. Let's continue reading. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Better to live humbly with the poor than to share plunder with the proud. Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. The wise are known for their understanding and pleasant words are persuasive. Discretion is a life-giving fountain to those who possess it, but discipline is wasted on fools. From a wise mind comes wise speech. The words of the wise are persuasive. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. It's good for workers to have an appetite. An empty stomach drives them on. Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. A gossip separates the best of friends. Violent people mislead their companions, leading them down a harmful path. With narrowed eyes, people plot evil. With a smirk, they plan their mischief. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained by living a godly life. Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. We may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. God's will for us is not that fragile. We can't prevent it by doing one small thing wrong here or there. We can't even prevent it by doing one big thing wrong here or there. Another friend of mine recently said something else that grabbed my attention. She said, one no stops the flow. That phrase doesn't contradict what I've been saying. It clarifies it. No, I do not think God's will for us is fragile. We can misunderstand his desire for us and not derail his plan. We can think we are obeying him and head in the wrong way with the best intentions. And still, it will not halt his mission and ministry through us. Saying yes, even trying to say yes, is enough. But I do think saying no to him is an act of rebellion that can stop the flow of his will in real time. Saying no is not the same as taking a misstep. Saying no is refusing to take a step at all. It's hearing God clearly and disobeying. And that really can mess things up because he's given us free will to walk away from him if we want to. And I have another friend who has said another little jewel that I hold on to in my heart. He says, God loves to hit a moving target. In other words, wait when he says wait, be still when he says be still, but move when he says move. Move! Do not be afraid you are taking a misstep. There's no way to have 
all the pieces of information that you need to have in order to make a flawless decision. Just keep moving in the direction you think he might want you to go. He's going to take care of the rest. Commit to the Lord all that you do. And in one way or another, your plans will succeed because they're his plans for you. And his will is not that fragile. And teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Today's music is from Psalm 51 by Shane and Shane and is used with permission. And now, I pray that you will invite the Lord to search you and know your heart, test you and know your anxious thoughts, point out anything in you that offends him so that you will allow him to lead you along the path of everlasting life. We'll talk soon. Until then. Keep going. Restore me the joy of your salvation and teach me wisdom in the secret.